Good afternoon and welcome to Extreme Paranormal. So today is episode 20 and we're doing the Boleskine house. Um, this house, if you have, if you have heard of it, wonderful. If you have not, um, well, you're going to get a whole good lesson in this house. Good Lord. There is plenty of notes, plenty of research to be done. Um, it, this one was, this one was a lot, but it's a lot of fun. So, um, you know, originally it was, you know, it was built and completed in 1760. Um, and now it's, it was built as a manor on the southeast side of Loch Ness in Scotland. Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll go into details on that here shortly. So, um, you know, it's 21 miles south of... Inverness on the opposite side of Loch Ness. And it's between the villages of Foyers and Inverferigig. Very long word. I hope I pronounced that right. If you are Scottish or you're from the area, please correct me on my pronunciations. I'm doing my best on this one. So the area had a history of strange happenings long before Aleister Crowley moved in. Aleister Crowley. He will be making his presence known in this episode. Um, so, now, the parish of Boleskine was formed in the 13th century. You know, the property was there. Um, and being a parish... In the 13th century, parish now, um, me being Catholic, I took it as very much probably a Catholic property, um, but it could also be of other Christian-based churches. Um, now, never having been across the pond, especially to Scotland, um, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure, Um it says, a kirk and a graveyard were built on the property. Now, kirk is a Scottish and former Northern English word meaning church. Um, so, yeah, there, there was, it, 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 was, it was originally built as a church. Now, a succession of ministers ran the Boleskine Parish and would travel the area on horseback and foot. Man, you guys really knew how to get around in those days. Um, the church was built in 1648, but it wasn't completed until 1760. Um, apparently. These are the notes that I'm coming up with. It was originally run by Minister Thomas Houston from 1648 to 1705. So the church itself was there, but the house or the home was not. 
And now Minister Houston was said to have the task of hastily laying animated corpses back in the graves after a devious local wizard raised the dead in the Boluskine graveyard. So you got a wizard out there, you know, and we're not talking Dumbledore from Harry Potter, you know, and Crowley wasn't even around then. Um, grave robbing, bringing people back, necromancy, all that good stuff. Man, it, if that floats your boat and blows your skirt up, cool, man. Not cool. You know, leave the dead to be dead. Um, that's, you know, according to the legend, the church caught fire and killed the entire congregation. So, you know, is it, was it arson? Was it... You know, a cranky wizard being like, hey, you know, I'm going to get back at this minister, you know, Minister Houston, for putting my dead bodies back to rest. You know, it's, that's, that's a legend. Um, you know, Sunday morning, burn the church down. Not cool. Um, then in 1760, the house was built Okay, so now we're at 1760, and the house was built. So the church was there, burned down, killing everybody inside, according to legend. Um, I couldn't find the number of the number of people in the congregation, so I'm gonna leave that number up to you. Let's just go with a fair number. Right? Let's say Minister Houston had. 50 people in the congregation, you know, um, we'll go with that. You can insert your own number there. And, and then 1760, the house was built as a hunting lodge for Colonel Archibald Frazier. Okay. So we got a Colonel built the house. It's a hunting lodge. Okay. You know, you're on the lake, he, he's an outdoorsman, hunting, fishing, groovy, man. He's, he's, he's doing his thing. And the home slash lodge was expanded continuously by Fraser, by the Fraser family until 1830. So, you know, if you build this as a hunting lodge, did he you know, vacation home there, like, hey, it's hunting season, fishing season, and I'm going to go, you know, kick it there with the fam, you know, was it a vacation, you know, like a summer home, um, I know zero about hunting other than it exists, you know, um, now all of the rooms were on the first floor, so you've got four bedrooms, a kitchen, a servant's room, which is an attic bedroom. So, you know, they have their own personal, you know, shall we say Jeffrey or Jeeves or, you know, insert your servant's name here. And they had the attic bedroom, which was above the kitchen. Okay, you know, cook dinner for the fam. Okay, cool, four bedrooms. 
Uh, it had a lounge, a drawing room, and a library. So, you know, this dude is like, okay, I'm going to have a library for the fam, the kids, they can read books, they can go paint, they can do their arts and crafts, and just kick it and chill. I'm going to go hunt whatever you hunt in Scotland. Um, now, back in the 18... 30s, 1800s to 1830. Um, I don't think indoor plumbing was a big thing at that point. So my notes that I put were bathroom or bathrooms or possibly outhouses. Um, it just seems like that would be an appropriate assumption for that time period. Um, you know, you got... Indoor plumbing was probably not a big thing until, I think, the 1900s. So we're still, you know, 70 to 100 years away from indoor plumbing. Um, now, it is said that there is a tunnel linking the house to the graveyard. Why would you have a tunnel from the house to the graveyard? Okay, I'm not understanding that, but okay. Um, now let's look at this weird scenario. You build a house for a hunting lodge. You live there, you do your hunting and fishing. You know, you got servants and everything going on. Okay. But look at the history. There's a graveyard and with legend of a wizard raising the dead and the former minister re-putting the corpses back or burying the zombies? Like, was this wizard trying to do a zombie apocalypse? Like, okay. Um, my notes here actually say bad idea. Uh, yeah. You're going to have, you know, that's, to me, that's just like a paranormal... No, no, that's just a no, no in general, like let alone a paranormal no, no. Good Lord. Um, yeah, here, ghost, just here's a tunnel. Come on into my house, you know, as long as you leave me some bacon, some eggs, you know, some hash browns, some toast, some OJ in the morning, we golden, you know, no breakfast, no stay, man. You know, I'm going to go hunt. I'm going to go shoot and kill a deer. I'm going to dress it down, man. You know, like let's, you know, what are you going to do? Have a ghost fire up the barbecue for you? I don't think so, Tim. Now, it says, Alistair Crowley purchased the Boliskine house in 1899 from the Fraser family. Um, now, Crowley is believed the location was ideal for him to sequester himself to write and perform operations known as the sacred magic of Abram Mellon, the mage. Okay. So now Crowley was, according to legend, he was not a nice guy. He was evil. He was, he he was an occultist. He was, you know, 
he was just not an overall nice person. He, he, no. Um, and Crowley was reported to perform all kinds of black magic, summon demons, and experiment with opening portals. It is reported that he never closed his spells or sent the demons back to hell. So, if you're going to experiment with something, like, I get it, but, no, I have no issues with the occult whatsoever. Um, you know, some people do, some people don't. I'm one of those. If that's your cup of tea, cool, do your thing. Um, that's fine. But... You know, like I've talked about on a previous episode, the Ouija board. Um, it's just a tool. You open it, you close it. You're going to summon demons. Oh, I'm sorry, but you better be telling them, hey, dude, you know, playtime's over, spell is over, you got to go back to hell, or you got to go back to your afterlife. You got to just not be here. Okay, just, we did our thing, we're cool, and, you know, I mean, he was an author, he wrote many books, um, I have actually read one of his books, it was very interesting, actually, um, it was a good read, a little odd, uh, for my taste, it was odd, but... I enjoyed learning about it. Um, you know, it says Crowley has had, you know, we, I could probably literally do an entire episode just on Aleister Crowley alone. Uh, but that's going to be a lot more research just if I do one on him alone. Let me know if you guys want that. Now, Aleister Crowley has had songs written about him and or mentioned ten times in music. Um, me, I listen to all kinds of music. I, I enjoy all kinds of music. Um, a, a few of these, I'm like, wow, I did not realize that. Anybody that listens to Ozzy Osbourne, you know, the Prince of Darkness, I think it's on the Blizzard of Oz album he did. It's either his first or second album. I think it was the first one, Blizzard of Oz, the song Mr. Crowley. Well, duh, yeah, that's kind of a given. You know, obviously a song about Aleister Crowley. Then we have Iron Maiden. Huge Maiden fan. You know, great band to see live. Um, very theatrical. Um, love, the, love their music. Always have. Iron Maiden has the song Moonchild is about Crowley. The band Ministry has the song Golden Dawn. Behemoth, O Father, O Satan, O Son. Um, the first four I know about, um, the band X Hoarder, not familiar with them like at all. They have the song The Law. David Bowie, okay, uh, has the song Quicksand. Um... Samael uh, has a song, Crown. I'm not familiar with them at all. Uh, Merciful Fate. 
has the song Desecration of Souls. Let's see here. We have Vital Remains, Immortal Crusade. And now we have Marilyn Manson with Misery Machine. Um, there's something like about three bands on here that I am not familiar with. And these songs are... Wow, I did not know these were about Crowley. Um, I read somewhere that the Beatles made a Crowley reference uh, on the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club album, um, but I could not find that to be true or false. So that's one of those... If it's there, it's there. I did not find it. Um, but these are the ten that were most noteworthy. So now we have history of this house. It says, you know, from 1913 to 1970. Um, you know, now Crowley apparently went to, he had to go to Paris for something or other, and then got called over to London for something where he spent the rest of his time, or it was, it was London or Paris that he spent the rest of his time there before, you know, he died. Now, 1913 to 1970, after World War I, Hollywood actor George Raft was involved in a scandal selling shares of a pig farm on the land. However, scandal is there was no farm that was ever on the on the land. No pig farm on the property. Dude, what are you doing? Like Okay, you're a putz at this point. Like <laughs> you're a con man, dude. Like I don't Okay, cool. Um after World War II, the home was owned by Major Edward Grant. So, I couldn't find his branch of service. I don't know if he was American military, if he was Scottish military. Um, Eng you know, you couldn't find that. But Major Edward Grant. You know, 1965, Grant committed suicide, with, you know, by shooting himself with a shotgun in Crowley's bedroom. That's going to open up a lot of questions for me. Um, you know, you got a major from World War II. Doesn't matter what country you served in. Doesn't matter what branch. That was that was pretty brutal. And was it? I think at that time it was shell shock. But we're just going to go with today's terms. You know, PTSD. You know, was there PTSD involved because of what he saw and did in the war? Was it because the house is haunted because Crowley never closed any portals? There's demons running around. Was the, was the major possessed? Um, was it a combination? Um, but, you know, suicide in Crowley's bedroom. Okay, you know, that being said, little sidebar, um, anybody having 
any thoughts of harming themselves. Please, for the love of God, you know, I don't have the number in front of me. I should. My apologies. Call the suicide hotline. Um, you know, call 911. Call, call a neighbor. Call a friend. Get help. Talk to somebody. Um, you know, don't do that to yourself. You know, um, it's, if you are feeling that way, just get the help you need. Um, I, I will, once things progress more, I'm going to, I'm going to have that number handy if things of that nature come up, but call the, call the hotline, talk to somebody, you know, um, it says now after the suicide, a newly married couple moved in. Okay. So you got a newlywed. You know, it's newlyweds. All right. We got a new house. Unsure if they knew what they were getting into. Completely probably unaware of what they were getting into. I'm going to say probably. It's a solid probably. So, you know, the newlyweds move in. The wife was blind. Okay. So, you're going to move out to a nice area. You know, you can you can look up pictures on Google. It's beautiful, beautiful countryside. And you know, so you know, the wife was blind, and it's from what I read, the man left after a month, leaving his blind wife to wander around the house and the property alone. A you're not a man at this point. You are a... Yeah. Insert your favorite word here. You get... You're dating this woman. You know she's blind. It's not a secret. She's not hiding this from you. You get married. Okay, so obviously, dude, you love this woman. You're accepting her... And accepting that she's blind. You move in to this house. Probably like every other newlywed. Or every couple that, you know, buys a house. And you're with her for a month. And then you're just going to leave her. Wow, dude. Like you are a insert your favorite insult word here like that's just no not cool um that's all i could find on them um not justifying it maybe he saw something that scared him off i seriously doubt that or he's just a giant nitwit leaving a blind wife Oh, you gotta be sissy slapped. 1969, Kenneth Anger, love that name, that's cool, 
um, an experimental filmmaker with an interest in the occult rented the home for a few months. Now, couldn't find much on him. He was an experimental filmmaker with an interest in the occult. Maybe, hey, I can film something here. I'm going to rent this out. Maybe do some ghost hunting. Maybe make a documentary. You know, maybe it's, hey, Aleister Crowley lived here. He did all kinds of things here, you know. Yeah, cool. You know, he's going to rent the home. It says for a few months. To me, that would be about a three to six month period. Um, you know, until 1970 when... Jimmy Page bought the house. Now, Jimmy Page owned the home from 1970 until 1992. So that's... So Jimmy owned the home for 22 years. Now, I'm sure we all know who Jimmy Page is. Legendary guitarist, legendary musician, and songwriter for the band Led Zeppelin. Now I've heard rumor to the to the effect of he did write songs in in the home. Um, I don't know what songs he wrote. I've I've heard somewhere along the lines of he actually wrote. I believe it was "Stairway to Heaven" in a home, but I cannot be a hundred percent certain. So don't quote me on that. But it was, he was doing ghost writing, you know, pen, pad, guitar by your side or in your lap. And just, he was like ghost writing, like, yeah, okay, cool. Well, I just wrote a song. Where'd that come from? Could that be, you know, he's just that good of a songwriter? Is it, was he just in tune with things? Um... And it says, Jimmy Page was a collector of Crowley memorabilia and read Crowley's works. Okay, so maybe he's channeling the inner, the inner Crowley in him. And it's rumored that Jimmy Page dabbled in the occult a little bit. Um, I really don't know. So... You know, the home was in a state of decay and when Jimmy bought it. So he got his good friend Malcolm Dent to basically stay there in the home, work on it, get it back up to normal, get things up and running. All right, cool. Um, now, Jimmy or Malcolm Dent actually said that he has experienced paranormal things. Uh, there was an animal that was banging on his bedroom door and he was so scared, like, okay, I'm not opening that door. Um, but then when it stopped, he opened the door. There was nothing there. Dead animal from the graveyard, hellhound from Alistair. Um, it, anything could, could be that. Um, Mr. Dent had a female friend, uh, stay in the home. She stayed one night and said that she was attacked by a devilish creature. 
At that point, get me my bags. I'm gone. You know. You know, Uber and Lyft were not a, a thing at that time. Just get me the car. Get me gone. Peace out, dude. I see ya. Um, Jimmy P- Page actually hired an artist to do mural work, um, Crowley-esque murals on the walls inside the home. That's pretty cool. Um, I believe it was an Italian artist. So now we have, you know, 1992 to 2002, the McGillivray family um, owned the home, and they spent a lot of money, like apparently buku bucks, restoring the home and turned it and they actually turned it into a hotel. Um, yeah, why not, right? Let's go buy a haunted house. Let's build this thing back up, you know. Let's let's do this. Like, gee, honey, let's you know, instead of a bed and breakfast, let's make a mo- let's make this into a hotel. Um, it had, you know, the four bedrooms. To me, that would be more of a bed and breakfast. You know, four bathrooms and everything else that we've mentioned previous to this. Um, they claimed that they had no paranormal experiences. They were both skeptics. You know, even skeptics have experiences. You know, I'm a complete skeptic. I don't believe in any of that. But this one time this happened. Okay. So they claimed that there was nothing paranormal going on there. Um, the 2002 to 2015, the home was purchased by Dutch owners who they want to remain anonymous. Okay, you know, let's let's do your thing there. You know, they they probably don't want their name getting associated with the home or its colorful past and they used it as a vacation home so they got you know 13 years of a vacation home then it looks like it sat vacant for about four years and then a big fire went through and it was a driving by motorist actually saw smoke and the house was burned so this house or this land has been burned like two or three times. Um, now, let's get into the Loch Ness Monster. Just We're going to touch on that for a hot second because, well, we're right there. You know, we, we took the X train, we're in Loch, you know, we're in Scotland. I actually heard somebody say on another podcast I listened to, that um, because of Aleister Crowley's work and him opening portals, is is it possible that the Loch Ness Monster actually came through the portal and settled in the lake 
And because Crowley never closed his portal, Nessie has just stayed put. She is um, a product of what Crowley did. That's very possible. Um, has she ever been seen? You, I don't know. Like, you know, possible. Um, but nowadays, um, and I put things on Twitter, as you guys know, it says the Boleskinehouse.org. If you go to that website, um, and you can email info at boleskinehouse.org, um, you can actually go do tours there. You can do you can visit the home. You can visit the land. Everything else going on there. Um, you just have to have permission from them. Um, they have a charity going on. If you live in the area, you can like volunteer there. And I'm not going to speak for them directly. I'm just going on what I read on their website. Check out the website, man. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, I think if I lived in Scotland, yeah, I'd go volunteer there. Why not? Like, I think that would be really cool. So I'm going to go ahead and close everything out for today. Um, but before I close everything out, um, you guys already know where to reach me. If you're on Twitter, it's at Extreme13Podcast. Um, Instagram is Extreme13Paranormal. And, you know, Extreme13Podcast at gmail.com. Listener stories, listener experiences, um, ideas for upcoming episodes. Dude, go for it. Let me know. Let me know what you think. And because I have a friend of mine, Kristen, Paranorm Girl Pod, check her out. You know, this uh, this episode, I should have done this in the beginning. Sorry, Kristen. Um, uh, I, I put this on Twitter and her, she's like, yeah, do it, do it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I told her I would dedicate this episode to her. So... Kristen, Paranorm Girl Pod. Um, I believe you can catch her on all the podcast platforms. I'm pretty sure. I listen to her on Stitcher, so I know that for sure. Um, she does amazing work. I'm actually going to be on her podcast the first part of March, I believe it is. So, yeah. Um, definitely check her out. She's great. It's Paranorm Girl Pod. Just do a search on that. You will find her. You will like her. Trust me. She's she's amazing. And on that, you guys have a great week, and I will see you again in two weeks. Alrighty. Bye. <laughs>